This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're celebrating the football team getting off to a strong start in the CBB series with a victory over Colby. The volleyball team had a big week, and women's cross country continued their outstanding year by taking third at the NESCAC Championships. Plus, on this episode, we have a little Halloween fun. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team raced out to a 21-3 halftime lead over the Colby College Mules to begin the CBB series on Saturday. Then they held on for dear life to prevail by a final score of 21-19. Down 3-0 with about four minutes to go in the first quarter, the Bobcats took the lead for good. Looking right. And low catch, nice, and he's going all the way. Touchdown, Frank Williams. The Frank Williams catch and run of 24 yards to pay dirt put the Bobcats up 7-3 after the extra point. Williams added a one-yard touchdown run early in the second quarter and with 3.49 to go until halftime, sophomore Peter Boyer punched it in from one yard out on fourth and goal to extend the Bates lead to 21-3. In the second half, the Mules rallied behind a quarterback change and a big game from wide receiver Sebastian Farrell. But a pair of big defensive plays saved the day for Bates. Junior Jack Merritt's knocked down a two-point conversion attempt with the Mules down by two and only 2.34 to go in regulation. Two-point conversion, take us through the play. I know you got a hand on it. Uh, Yeah, they they lined up. It looked like they were going to do like a quarterback sneak or try to run it. Uh, They faked it, and I was just on the line. I saw the quarterback drop back and throw it, and I just got a hand on it. So, got lucky, but it was a big play, so glad we won. And senior captain Trevor Lyons knocked down the Mules' last gasp heave on fourth down to secure the win. Well, it was 21-3 at half, and as Coach Herman said yesterday, 11 out of the last 18 CBBs came down to seven points or less. So we knew the game wasn't over, and we were just saying in the locker room, hey, everyone's got to buckle down, focus up. This game's going to come down to the wire, and... You know, at the end of the day, we made plays, they made plays, but um, we came out on top. And then on fourth down, uh, I know you won that interception, but it must have been nice just to have you know, turn over our downs and clinch the victory, right? Yeah, I was just making sure the ball wasn't popped up in the air and, you know, some garbage uh, catch by them on the other side. But, uh, yeah, just went up, made a play. I mean, they were uh, hammering the seams all, all day. I knew I had to get out quick and, you know, make a play on the ball. Yeah, 18. They were targeting him all the time, weren't they? Yeah, he's a really good player. Um, good size, great athletic ability, can really get up there. And, you know, sometimes with undersized um, defensive backs, I can play to their advantage. So they picked out, uh, you know, they found what was working for him. They they uh, went after it. So As a defense, how do you adjust to the quarterback change they made? Um, well, we weren't really sure who was going to come in and start a quarterback. We knew that um, the freshman started last week, so we anticipated him. So when he came in and wasn't doing so well, um, we knew uh, that they were probably going to try to switch things up, bring in a quarterback who's bigger, um, had a stronger arm, throw the ball downfield. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we made plays, and they made them too, but we came out on top. And obviously, back-to-back outright CBB titles, now a chance next week to get a third straight one. What would that mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that'll be the second time uh, senior class has three outright titles. So, 
you know, we're going to enjoy this one right now. Start uh, focusing on Bowden tomorrow, and, you know, we've got to come out and play. It's going to be another close game. All right, Trevor, thanks so much. All right, thank you. On Monday, we sat down with head coach Mark Harriman to look back on the 21-19 triumph. Well, Coach, a 21-19 victory over Colby to begin the CBB Series here in 2016. And first of all, your defense held Colby to net zero rushing yards. So you must have been pretty happy, especially with the play up front by the defense. Yeah, I, I, you know, we, we did a, a, a relatively good job of, uh, of fitting against the run. I thought both the, the guys up front and the second level guys did a real nice job with that. You know, something we obviously um, worked hard at during the week and, you know, kind of came to fruition on on uh, Saturday and obviously being able to have five sacks that are for negative yardage, it obviously helps with that total. So it was a, you know, that was a real positive. Yeah, speaking of sacks, you mentioned five for the team, two for Tyler Harrington, who now has five personally for this season, tied for first in the NESCAC. He played really well against Middlebury. Another great game Saturday, right? Yeah, no, he's he's really, uh, you know, blossoming into, in, uh, to me, an elite player. You know, I, I think, uh, as I mentioned last week, his performance uh, two weeks ago was one of the best I've seen, and I think he followed up with another great one this week. Uh, both, obviously, you know, the, the sacks stand out, but he did a great job versus the run as well. And then, obviously, he didn't play a whole lot last year. So what's been the development? What have you seen from him specifically to make him so impressive this season? He's matured a lot. I mean, I think that you know, if a skill guy has the athleticism, they it's easier for them to get on the field early when you're one of the up-front guys. You know, there just is, there's a big difference between an 18-year-old guy and a 21, 22-year-old weight-trained college lineman. So he's he's you know really done a great job with with that part of it, working in the off season and and uh, again you know having the ability to to push the pocket is is really paid off for us with with him being able to do that. We'll go back to the defense a little bit later, but offensively, two more touchdowns for Frank Williams, including a pass play where he caught it like by his shoelaces, and all of a sudden there was just nothing but green in front of him, right? Yeah, it was just one of those. You know, he made a phenomenal catch, and and the defensive guy kind of overshot him, and he's you know what he does best is being able to, you know, put his foot in the ground and plant and go change direction, and he did that, and you know there was nothing. They were playing man coverage, and there was nothing, nothing left there so uh that was obviously a, a huge play at the time and then peter boyer a career high in rushing yards what do you see from him real physical effort i mean uh, you know it's it's kind of what we preach to our dive backs and i think he's really taken that to heart and um you know there were a lot of times that he was one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker and was able to to get positive yardage even after contact and that's um, that's what we really need to get out of that position on a, on a regular basis. And he did a great job with it on Saturday. You guys were up 21-3 to at halftime. Colby switches quarterbacks and really starts to have a little bit more success in the second half, but you guys were obviously able to hang on for the victory. But as a team, how do you adjust when you see a whole different quarterback come in like that? Yeah, well, they they've they they haven't done it as much in a, uh, uh, that type of situation, but they've both played this year. Um, he, he they are different different athletes. One's a righty, one's a lefty, so that even that is is a little bit of a, a difference. And and he came in and did a nice job, you know, and and uh, um, put the ball up where the, where they could go up and get it a couple of times, and and that that really hurt us. I think you know. 
not taking anything away from what they did in in the second half, but one of the things you know we're going to address with our guys today is is our our intensity level needs to remain at the the level it was for the first half, and I think you know the sign of maturity to be able to to hang tough and win the game, but by the same token, you know when we do get a team in that situation, we need to be able to you know continue with the, the same type of intensity level and focus that, that uh, we had in the first half. So you think maybe they got a little bit relaxed up 21 to 3? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a little bit human nature. You know, I, I mean, um, and I think when you when you do jump out, it's such an emotional game, and we jumped out quick on them and that, um, you know, we were telling them at halftime that, you know, we still got a lot of football to play and all that. But I think there is, a, you know, as I said, a little bit of human nature to – maybe relax a little bit and that's something that we'll you know we'll we'll certainly address they had a two-point conversion attempt to try to tie the game uh, jack Merritt's able to get a hand on it he played really well also right he did yeah again both those guys both our edge positions with jack and and tyler have have been great they've been really solid the last couple of weeks and it it, it certainly uh makes a huge difference with with what we're doing defensively to be able to get pressure just literally from at times a three-man rush um, and, you know, it certainly makes it easier on the guys in the back not always have to pressure to, to get, you know, some, some heat on the quarterback. Who are some other guys we haven't talked about yet who really stood out to you on Saturday? Uh, Jimmy Fagan, I thought, probably played his best game at center this year. Uh, Sam Francis had a really, really solid game as well. Um, both those guys as seniors, I thought, did a, did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, kind of an unsung hero in in two ways. If, if you look at it, you know, the, the bottom line is big plays are about um, putting points on the board or taking points off the board. And Trevor Lyons blocking two field goal attempts is, is huge. And then, you know, again, another thing that could get lost in the shuffle real fast but was a huge play was Coy Candelario, who, you know, made one of the heads-up plays of the game with recovering that when when uh, we we fumbled the ball in the, that kick, um, and he he did a great job of getting back, seeing it, and, and getting on the ball. And I, again, that's a, you know we, we could be talking a whole different outcome if if both those with with Trevor and with Coy didn't occur. Very true. Some big plays there for those guys. And then now uh, this weekend headed to Bowden. Um, obviously, Bowden's had a rough go of it so far this year. But as you said last week, it doesn't matter what the records are. It's still a rivalry game, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, again, they, they go they go into their quest for the CBB starting this week. So this is obviously the biggest game, you know, on, on their schedule um, as far as trying to, you know, keep at least this thing alive and uh um you know we'll, we'll again this is this is a huge game for us as well and you, when you have those rivalry games they, to a certain extent you know you, you take the records and throw them out the window anything else you're going to be emphasizing besides the intensity of second half this week with the team in terms of preparing for Bowdoin yeah I mean we got to do you know we, we got to take care of our business I mean I think that's the the big thing that when you get into these types of situations with something on the line maybe more than a normal game um i think there's a tendency for some guys to try to play outside themselves and and we need to you know really go down there focused and like i said with the focus intensity that we we we've shown throughout a good portion of the season and uh, but by the same token we need to make sure that we you know take care of individually guys take care of their their responsibilities and that's going to be big all right coach looking forward to it a chance this weekend to win a third straight outright cbb title thanks so much
Saturday was also the night Bates students celebrated Halloween. There were a lot of creative costumes on hand, but perhaps none more obscure than what Junior Max Breshi and Junior Jack Merritt came up with. It's the day after Halloween. Uh, most Bates students celebrate Halloween Saturday night after the Colby game, including you guys. And I was stunned to learn that both of you dressed up as me for Halloween. Uh, whose idea was this? That'd be my idea. It actually, uh, believe it or not, came to me in a dream. Uh, it was after the, I was dreaming about after the CBB. For some reason, I went over. I was interviewing the Bowden players. I don't know. It was weird, but I woke up. I looked over at Max, and I said, Max, I know what we're being for Halloween. And uh, he bought in, and we had a great time. Neither of you guys had even really met me before this, so <laughs> what was your reaction when he suggested that idea? No, I mean, we, we listen to the Bates podcast all the time, and... Um, Jack said he really wanted to do it, and he was like, "We should do it." And I'll be, and I said, "Yeah, I'll be your cameraman, and we'll just make a little montage." And it worked out really well. What was the reaction to your fellow uh, student athletes when you went up to interview them on Halloween night? Oh, they loved it. You were a hit. You were an absolute hit, Aaron. I can't say enough about it. It was probably the best Halloween I've ever had, thanks to you. <laughs> it was pretty funny because I came down to interview people after the game, and I happened to want to interview you because you tipped the pass on the two-point uh -huh. conversion. So you you were pretty thrilled by the, actually having that happen the night before you the day before you actually going to be me. Yeah, I mean, I told my parents they were right there. I told all my friends they were all excited, and then I actually got interv interviewed by you. And it was just, I don't know, it was meant to be. It was great. <laughs> and then, Max, you were the camera guy, is that right? Yeah, so I was the camera guy. And um, so I, I would film Merritt's or Jack here interviewing fellow students. And um, as the night went on, the interviews just kept getting better. So yeah. I loved it. Yeah. We, got a, we got a lot of good footage. Probably about 10 minutes or so. Excellent. I, I don't yeah. think we'll probably ever see this footage in public, though, will we? Uh, no, that's going to be strictly confidential. Okay. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you guys are both on the lacrosse team, too, right? So what's that like being football and lacrosse players here at Bates? Um, it's definitely a challenge, but um, I think we find our ways around it. Um, definitely our studies come first, but, I mean, it's always nice having um, something to keep us structured throughout the week. And um, we're rooming together, and I, I don't think we mind it too, too much. We still have fun on the weekends, and we still like to get after it, but it's, it's been great so far. I can't complain. Yeah, it's been nice. Uh, you know, obviously we don't really do the off-season for either sports, and uh, that's kind of a blessing in my eyes. You just get to stay in season and play the sports that you love, so, you know, we're just having a great time with it. Great. Last question for both of you. Bowden game coming up this weekend. I mean, how excited is it to have the possibility of winning three consecutive outright uh, CBB titles? Oh, uh, this week is definitely going to be, uh, or that's gonna, definitely going to be a strong focus this week, and that trophy is definitely going to stay here at Bates. So um, we have to prepare uh, throughout the week, but I definitely think we can get it done. Yeah, we can't wait, and uh, hopefully next year, knock on wood, we'll make it four. Awesome. Well, I'll be there with my camera, the real camera, uh, to shoot the highlights there on Saturday against Bowden. And thanks so much for you guys' time. Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was an honor. On Tuesday, the women's soccer team finished their season on a high note with a 2-1 to double overtime victory over Colby. Senior Hannah Graves scored the game-winning goal in her final match as a Bobcat. Meanwhile, the volleyball team started the week off strong with a 3-0 victory over Husson. More on them in a moment. But first... Let's take a look at the Bobcat field hockey team. They entered Wednesday's regular season finale with Colby needing a win to qualify for the NESCAC championships. And a win is exactly what they got. The Bobcats prevailed 4-1 behind two goals and an assist 
from sophomore Taylor Loft. Well, first of all, how weird was it to once again come down to the final regular season game against Colby and make the NESCAC tournament for you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it happened last year, and we came ready to play. So when this happened this year, we were we knew we were ready. Um, this year, the NESCAC has had some crazy upsets. So even though our record has been more successful than last year, um, just based on everyone else's uh, success, um, that's why it came down to the game tonight. And you know what? We showed up. We played better than we did last year even, and really finished with a great score, so. And then you had a pair of goals and an assist in this in this game. What was really working for you? It looks like you're just faster than everybody else. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Danny always says my speed is one of my greatest attributes as a field hockey player, so um, using it, I, I, I usually have a lot of success, and against this team, um, I was able to really drive the baseline a lot, find my teammates, and even score a few of my own goals, so. <laughs> Break down the two goals. Um, well, the first goal, uh, Jesse crossed the ball and Ada touched it, and I just lifted it right up and passed the goalie. Um, and the second goal, um, it rebounded off the goalie after someone took a shot, and I just pulled it back, took the shot, and it went into the corner. The field hockey team entered the NESCAC championships as the number eight seed and fell to number three nationally ranked Tufts on Saturday by a score of two to nothing. Despite their season coming to an end, Bates finishes the year with nine victories, their most since 1999. Friday marked the beginning of a big weekend for the Bates volleyball team. They defeated Hamilton 3-0 on Friday, and then they knocked off Middlebury 3-1 on Saturday. The wins gave Bates the number seven seed in the upcoming NESCAC championships and their most conference victory since 2003. First year Taylor Stafford Smith was named the NESCAC Volleyball Player of the Week as she notched 15 kills, 11 digs, and 3 blocks on Friday and followed that up with 16 kills and only 1 error on 39 attempts to go along with 14 digs and 2 blocks against Middlebury on Saturday. Talking with Taylor Stafford Smith, recently named the NESCAC Volleyball Player of the Week and first of all, obviously two huge games for you, both against Hamilton and then Middlebury. What's been working for you lately out there on the court? Um, well, I have to say the team, <laughs> as cliche as that sounds, <laughs> but um, yeah, the team is just very supportive and welcoming and, um, you know, we've been working hard every practice and we've been pushing each other and it just seems to show on the court. So the first year, what's been like maybe some adjustments you've made to college, to the college level throughout this first season? Um, probably just interacting with a new team. I've been on the same club team from high school for seven years, and um, I was definitely scared coming into college with, like, a new volleyball team, but um, I have to say that I couldn't feel more comfortable. I mean, everyone was just so welcoming, and again, as cliche as it sounds, like there definitely is that family feel for the team. And then you're from California, but you did have connections to current Bates players because you play for the same club as Augie and, and Chandler. I know you spoke to Augie before you came out here to Bates. What did she tell you before you came out here about what this place would be like? Uh, well, she told me it's cold. <laughs> um, but she, and she was on Sunshine as well, and coming from the Sunshine Club everyone is very close and she said that I'll find the same thing here as well and that was a big thing that I was looking for when I was visiting different teams and different colleges. 
And how did you, did you know you wanted to go to the East Coast, or was that something that just kind of happened? Um, <laughs> I knew that I wanted to go to the East Coast. Um, I wanted to experience the different seasons. Um, I didn't actually envision myself ending up in Maine, let alone Lewiston. Um, but the reason why I chose Bates was because of the Bates volleyball team. When I visited, they were all just so welcoming, and just to see how they interacted with each other was just mind-blowing. And I just knew from that weekend on that I wanted to come here. I guess you haven't experienced a main winter yet, but it's coming up. I haven't. <laughs> I'm definitely in for one awakening. <laughs> Has there been a cultural adjustment to New England compared to California? Um, I would say that everyone here is a lot nicer, um, which is definitely great. Um, it's strange to like walk to class with everyone saying hi to you, and it's definitely different. And then NETSCAC Championship's coming up. Must be pretty excited, right? How weird is it to have a rematch with Middlebury just a week later? Um, we're all very definitely excited. I mean, Middlebury came out strong on Saturday, but um, we just came out stronger, and we know that they're going to come out even stronger um, this Friday, and that just means we need to work harder um, this week and come out hard again. And then what's Melissa like as a coach, maybe compared to like your club coaches or compared to other coaches you've had? Uh, coach is great, and I speak for everyone. Um, you know, she definitely has brought this team together on and off the court. Um, but from a, on a serious note, she has taught me so much this season. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her, and that also speaks for Coach Rob and Coach Matt as well. Um, I have to say that I'm very lucky and grateful to have them as my coaches for these next three years. Great. Well, Taylor, congrats again on being the NASCAC Volleyball Player of the Week. Thank you. <laughs> now it's time to talk to our Bobcats of the Week. Our female Bobcat of the Week also comes from the volleyball team. Junior captain Jacqueline Forney tallied 45 assists against Hamilton and a career-high 50 assists against Middlebury setting up Stafford Smith and senior captain Chandler McGrath for the vast majority of their kills. For her efforts, Forney is our female Bobcat of the Week. Over the weekend, back-to-back -back matches, Hamilton on Friday, Middlebury on Saturday, got the victory in both of them. I mean, how pumped was the team, especially, you know, to honor the seniors there with those big wins? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Friday was a big one just because we wanted to clinch our bid into NESCAC, so we were really focused on that win first and foremost. Um, and we got the jo job done pretty quickly. And then on Saturday, obviously, our seniors, we really wanted to honor them and everything they've done uh, for the team. So clinching that win was even more exciting, especially against Mid, who's ranked second in the conference right now. Uh, so we were very excited going into the game, and then being able to pull that out for our seniors was just an amazing experience. The team's been doing so well recently. What's really been clicking, you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, I we just uh, had a captain's meeting about an hour ago, and we were talking about that. And it's really when our team focuses and makes that conscious choice of, you know, showing up. You have so much going on as a student athlete, whether it's academically or outside of your academics, that really when you step on the floor, all that's going on right then and there it is the game of volleyball and, and just coming together as a team. And so we're really going to focus on that this week. Um, focusing on Friday stepping on the floor against Mid, who we know is going to be preparing for us all week, um, and just arising to the occasion. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah, and you had 45 assists against Hamilton, 50 against Middlebury, a career high for you. And so 
I mean, you've got a couple, you know, obviously, great attackers you're setting up, whether it be Chandler or Taylor. But, I mean, what's been clicking for you personally out there? Yeah, um, I definitely want to give our defense a shout-out because for me as a setter, it, it all comes from the defense. If they're keeping me in system, they make my job a lot easier. Um, so our defense, especially this year with Gabby, our, our first year coming in, she's really carried the back row. And then you look at DSs like Lauren, and then Augie obviously has been going through a lot lately and really stepped up on our team on the sideline, but also in practice as well. Um, just our DS is really stepping up to the occasion and rising to the occasion and giving me good balls to put up for my hitters to put it away. So, yeah. Yeah, because you want to be able to set things up properly, not have a mad scramble all the time, right? <laughs> exactly. The scramble can be fun sometimes, but not every play. So. <laughs> right, exactly. And then uh, tell us a little bit about um, Taylor Stafford-Smith, because she was named actually NETSCAC uh, Volleyball Player of the Week um, just today. And so as a first year, what, what her impact has been? Yeah, absolutely. Ta Taylor brings a lot to the team. Um, you know what, what's so interesting about Taylor and what I really admire in her is she can put the ball down right on the 10-foot line, uh, but she's so smart, and she's very systematic and strategic about where she puts the ball, and that's so hard for the defense on the other side is, you know, you never know what to expect for her. She can hit your deep corner. She can hit right in the middle of the floor. Uh, she's really strategic, and as a setter, you always know setting her up, she, you, you really have that trust in her of knowing where to put the ball. So as long as I get the ball pretty high for her, I know she's going to put the ball away. Great. And then you were named a captain last year as a sophomore, and now you're a captain again this year as a junior. So what was it like being a captain as a sophomore, and what have you applied from what you learned last year to this year you know, in a leadership role? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's certainly humbling like being a, a captain both years, um, but everyone on our team is a leader, and my coach, my coach always really emphasizes that, how everyone brings their own leadership role in their own individual ways. Um, and being uh, a captain, named captain last year and now this year too, I've just been so happy to be able to get to know each one in, uh, of my teammates in a way that I can then best represent them as a whole uh, for my coach in those final decisions that we make. Um, so I certainly, although I may have the title as a captain, everyone on our team is a leader for sure. Great, and then tell us about your background coming from Bloomington, Indiana to here to Lewiston, Maine. How did that come about? Yeah, um, so being from Bloomington, you obviously have Indiana University, a Big Ten school right there. So I grew up going to absolutely every single IU game, whether it was basketball, football. I just grew up in a really athletic atmosphere. I have two brothers who played collegiate sports, um, and we're all three sport athletes, so we're always playing athletics um, and just having that competitive mindset. Um, so I was looking for that in college, and I came out here on a visit, and actually Coach Duran came in my sophomore year and she really had that com competitive um, mindset that aligns with mine. So it was kind of odd that I found Bates at first uh, with the previous coach, but everything else that Bates offers really brought me here. Um, so academically, and then Dean Auer, of course, is from Bloomington, Indiana as well, so I met him. Um, and he really sold, sold Bates to me. So everything Bates has to offer outside of athletics brought me here as well, which is just phenomenal. So.
So did you go to a lot of the Indiana volleyball matches then growing up also? Yes, I did. So I actually, the club I played for, we practice in their gym. Um, so their setting coach worked with me a lot when I was playing club there, which was just honestly having those resources. I'm just so thankful. Um, but yeah, growing up with all of those IU uh, volleyball girls was certainly as a little girl, you're like, I want to be them someday. Um, and so being able to play collegiate volleyball is just something that I'm really honored and humbled to be able to do. Great. What makes a good setter? What makes a good setter? Great question. Um, I would certainly say for me personally, I look at the setting position as a leadership role in and of itself. So if you want to compare it to a sport like football, certainly like a quarterback role. Um, but you have to play defense and offense. You have to be able to coordinate your offense offense, make sure you're setting the tempo of the game. I often find the hardest games are uh, when you're playing a team that maybe not might not be a NESCAC team or play to the speed you are, but the setter sets the tempo of the game. So you really have to be mindful of how fast your hands are, how fast you're setting that ball, and that's certainly something in the setting position you have to be mindful of. Great. Last question for you. You touched on it before, but a rematch against Middlebury, the team you just played, yeah. coming up this week, this Friday, down at Tufts. Is that going to be kind of weird? What's going to be like, you think? Yeah, no, um, I am so excited. I think the team is as well to be able to have a rematch with Mid. Um, I think the quote that Coach had on the board last week resonates with the, this the best, and it's pressure is a privilege. And that was really going into our Hamilton game. Pressure is the privilege to make the NESCAC uh, tournament. But looking at mid this weekend, having that pressure on us to rise up to the occasion once again is a privilege, and we want to take advantage of that. Great. Jacqueline Forney, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's back to football for our male Bobcat of the Week, sophomore Tyler Harrington. In his first career start, he notched five tackles and two sacks in the Bobcats' win over Colby on Saturday. He now has five sacks on the year, tied for the most in the NESCAC. For his performance, Harrington is our male Bobcat of the week. I think we, I think we just played well as a defense, like, as, a, as a unit, really. I think you know Coach Abel gave us some great calls, gave us a good game plan going into the game, and I think. You know, when everybody does their job like that, I think we start we start off really well as a defense. I mean, the first half, we had three points. We blocked field goal, too. So I thought it was just a really good job by our defense as a unit, really. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, the defensive line getting a lot of pressure and uh, helped out by the linebackers as well. The top paid, top photo on the website is you and Sam Francis sacking the quarterback, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do a good job getting their pressures. I mean, when we call blitzes, we take it very seriously. And we know we want those guys getting free to make to get those sacks and make those plays. And you know sometimes the linemen block down those guys, and we get and as D line when we get opportunities too. So I think it works really well when we like, are really on like on key like that. So yeah. last year you played, but this year you're starting and making a huge impact. So what changes? What what did you work on the off season? What's been working for you to, as development as an individual? Well, yeah, I think I, I worked really hard this off season. You know, coming into, coming into the season, my freshman year, you know, you're, you're nervous, you're a freshman, so it's like kind of hard to get going. You know, after one season of you know being on the team and seeing like what we achieved, you know, CBB, but obviously we want more than like, what we got last season. So I kind of worked, I worked really hard and uh, I really just try to get better. You know, help the team really, and I'm, you know, it's really exciting playing a lot. And I, you know, I think that's like, that's through like the hard work I think through my coaches helping me out and even the guys on the D line too. You know, we work hard practice together. So 
everybody gets, gets you know, has some credit to that. I mean, obviously you're a two, two sport uh, here at Bates. You do the track and field, the javelin as well. Yeah. I mean, is, is there any connection at all between those workouts? Or are they totally separate? They're mostly separate. Yeah. I mean, javelin, I'm usually, like, usually just working on my shoulder or yeah. my hips, really. <laughs> you know, and, uh, in football, you know, you got your full body going. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun doing the two different sports. You know, it's like, totally different from each other. It's great. Sure, absolutely. And then, um, obviously, the CBB, obviously a very important win. The defense able to hold on there at the end. Yeah. How nervous were you getting? Yeah, I, was, I was pretty nervous on the field. You know, I was, I was on the field, and I was like looking. You know, we were, we were holding them off a little here and there. Then it finally got to, like, 21-19. They needed the two-point conversion. I'm like, wow. It kind of just gave us like, a wake-up call almost that we needed to make a play. I think we did a good job, you know, putting our foot down finally and, you know, securing the game. But it was scary for sure. Yeah, did you see Jack tip that pass? I didn't see it happen. I saw the I, saw, I didn't see him tip it, but I saw the ball go in the air, and I watched watched it all the way down, <laughs> waiting, waiting for it to hit the ground. So, absolutely. And then, um, what are you hoping for from the next two games in terms of what are you going to be working on to continue you know, the success you've had this year? Yeah, I, I think we're just going to work on you know doing better playing as a unit, as a defense. I think that's what Coach Abel stresses a lot. If we put, when we play together, you know, we're the we're we're great. We're a great defense, and I think definitely going to work on you know getting better communication through the defense. I mean. Um, you know, putting the ball down when something bad happens, going for the next play. I think that's something we're pretty good at. We just need to focus more on and just playing our game, really. Sometimes when I talk to college football players, they talk about how the speed of college football is so much different than high school. Was that the situation for you coming in? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I came in here, you know, I just, being a high school senior, you think you're, you're a pretty big big <laughs> shot, you know, going as a high school senior. Then you come in as a college freshman, you're you're back down being a freshman. So it's it's different. That def- the speed's definitely a factor, you know, when you come in and uh, – I remember my first practice. I'm like, these guys are just bigger and stronger, a lot bigger and stronger than you get in high school too. So, gives you a lot of time to go in that weight room pretty quickly. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I saw those guys. I'm like, I need, to, I need to be just as strong as those guys, and even compete with them. So, all right. Well, definitely doing a good job competing right now. Yeah. Five sacks on the year. Tyler Harrington, our male Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The women's cross country team had another banner week, finishing third at the NESCAC championships. Their best finish at NESCACs since 1987. Senior Jessica Wilson and junior Catherine Cook earned second-team All-NESCAC honors, and head coach Jay Hartshorn was named the NESCAC Coach of the Year. I'm happy about it, but I just think it speaks to the women on our team and how consistent they've been and how hard they've worked. And um, for us, I mean, if you take someone like Katie Barker, who was 16th at this meet, she was 90th at this same meet last year um, for Jess and Catherine to just be so consistent this year and to both be on NESCAC is a huge deal because we just haven't had a, lim- a lot of women be on NESCAC. I actually had a year where I had somebody who was All-American and they weren't on NESCAC, oh which is like crazy that you're not in the top 14 in your conference, but you're in the top 35 of your country. Um, so that was what I was like most happy about was for them both to be able to get that honor, especially because they've been like working so well and so hard together and really supporting each other. And that um, Catherine from two miles on was basically in that 14th spot. And so I was just like, nobody catch her, nobody catch her. And for a while, the only person, the person who was right behind her was also on our team. Katie was running in 15th and got caught by someone. So I was kind of feeling like nobody catch her, but if someone does, it's okay if Katie does. Um, but I, that is what I'm sort of most happy about is um, how much people have moved up in their performances from years before. After NESCACs, 
We caught up with senior co-captain Molly Chisholm to recap the team's performance. Third place finish, the best since 87 for the women's team. I mean, how thrilled were you all when you found out the results? Uh, we were really excited. It was pretty unexpected. We were aiming for fourth in the race overall, and so when Coach Fresh told us that we came in third, I think we all lost it a little bit. Excellent. And then uh, for you personally, how did the race go? Because obviously it was pretty muddy conditions. Yeah, it was muddy and really hilly, um, pretty cold, but that's what our team is built for. We are used to training at Pineland, so this is our kind of course. And even though it hurt a lot, we were um, the grittiest team out there, I think. And then uh, I know it's a Bobcat pack. You try to run as a pack. Who do you typically run with? I usually run with Katie Barker for the first mile. This time, Olivia Lamarche, she's one of our freshmen. She uh, joined me, which was awesome. Super cool to see that on the team. Um, start off with Jess and Catherine, then usually lose them <laughs> a little bit. In. So, um, But it was great. Katie and I really work well together, so that was a lot of fun. Gotcha. And obviously, Jess and Catherine have been the top two runners all year. What, what makes them so good in your opinion? Um, I think they really embody pack mentality and understanding how to pull the team along and then also go when it's time for them to go. So they make sure Katie and I are there until they really need to kick it in and do what they need for our team to succeed. And then you and Jess are the co-captains, so how do you two work together? Uh, Jess and I have been like best friends since freshman year, so it works pretty well. Um, but we make sure that everyone on the team feels like they have a place all the time because we really wouldn't be anyone without all 23 girls at this point. So. It's exciting and it's fun to make sure that every practice feels inclusive and that every race we're putting everything out there to make sure that our team can do the best we can because it's really a team sport, not an individual sport. And then the course, obviously, you mentioned it was muddy, but you'd, you'd run that course before, right, from Waterville? We'd run it once without the major hill in the second mile, so that was a game changer. <laughs> right. um, but I think that it benefited us as a team to have that extra place because really some girls, our coach was saying, that are usually amazing runners um, started dying on that hill and we didn't which is really where we saw our, our success. Now regionals coming up uh, not this week but the following week obviously uh, that's the that's the place where you can make your biggest statement towards nationals right so what's the mentality for the next couple of weeks preparing for these regionals? Yeah we're trying to just like stay positive um, it's not going to be harder than the race that we just ran so I think if we can repeat what we did this time we have a pretty good shot at having a great race but mostly it's just about sticking together, working hard, and keeping up the training that we've seen throughout this whole season to have our best shot next weekend. All right, Molly Chisholm, thanks so much. Thank you. The men's cross-country team finished seventh at the NESCAC Championships. First-year James Jones was named the conference's Rookie of the Year, and he earned first-team All-NESCAC honors, finishing fourth overall out of a field of 123 runners. Well, we thought I could perform in that... Um... In that realm of fitness, um, we thought I could certainly be in top seven um, and in contention to be uh, maybe in front of kind of the chase pack behind a few individuals that were likely to be um, pretty dominant up front. Um, so we definitely thought it was a possibility, but um, you know it was sort of an upward possibility um, if the race went very well, which it did. Excellent. And it was tough conditions, though, so how did you manage it? Yeah, it was a bit slippery. Um, There's a few spots where um, you know the footing wasn't wasn't as perfect as, as it could have been, but you know, all in all, it wasn't it wasn't awful, and we were definitely expecting that the the race could have been actually it might have been raining as we were racing, and that it turned out that it actually the the rain held off a little bit, which was you know it was it was a little bit nicer than maybe um that absolute worst case uh, scenario in terms of weather. The rowing teams celebrated the grand opening of their brand new boathouse this weekend. Senior co-captain Abby Bierman spoke at the event. 
what's the boathouse like? It's unbelievable. It's a dream come true, really. It's it's warm. It has places for all of our boats. Um, there's a boat uh, shop where the coaches can work year-round on the boats. There's locker rooms. There's bathrooms. There's a team room with a 75-inch TV. It's 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 special. It's amazing. And then this past weekend was the grand opening, and you spoke. So what do you talk about at the grand opening? I talked a lot about how even though we have this amazing new facility, it's not going to change who we are as a program and the toughness that comes along with being a Bates rower. Excellent. And then obviously um, there are a lot of donors who are anonymous who put in the effort to get, make this boathouse built. And so I assume you talk to them a bit too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing to be able to look out and actually thank the people who made such a dream come true. So it was really nice to be able to show our appreciation to them. And obviously you've been utilizing it for a while now, right? Yeah, we got to move in at the beginning of the fall. Okay, okay. And what's your favorite part of it? You just mentioned a bunch of stuff. What's your favorite part of having this new boathouse? That's a tough one. Man, I don't know. It's... The TV? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people's are the TV, but I would have to say the just having all of our boats inside is such a is such a game changer. It's To be able to not walk away being like, they're safe is so nice. That's definitely definitely a good thing because obviously, as Bates knows, half the battle is making sure those boats are in good condition, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then what's the fall been like so far? Obviously, as a coxswain, you're working with a new, basically a new group this year. Yeah, we have nine juniors abroad right now. So we have a really small team on the women's side. So um, it's just about getting that foundation in, um, getting a couple, just the Charles and CBB Chase for races. But um, it's just about getting a good base um, base layer in before we can start to gain some speed through the winter and into the spring. And what is the plan for you, at least for the winter? Um, We have practice pretty much still every day, uh, working as captain's practices, so we're not being coached, so just getting, getting, getting some mileage in off the water. And you're one of the captains, and so you and Molly, what, what, what additional responsibilities are there for you? Just making sure everyone's still getting the work in and getting ready for spring. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a really exciting spring, so we want to make sure we're ready for that. All right, Abby, thanks so much. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll tell you how the volleyball team does at the NESCAC Championships. They take on Middlebury at Tufts University Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. And we'll let you know if football is able to win a third consecutive outright CBB title. They visit Bowdoin Saturday at 1230. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my brother, my brother.